Welcome to the Hilltop United Methodist Church podcast. Hilltop is located in Sandy, Utah, 985 East, 10,600 South. Locals would say 106th. Our two worship services are at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Hope to see you this Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye. This passage I'm going to use out of Luke. I preached on Friday night at the rescue mission. I focused on the idea of the people that were there being of value. I want to change the arc a little bit today and focus some on the issue about letting go. Sometimes it's letting go of people, letting go of people to go potentially serve. Sometimes just letting go of the things that bind us down, that bog us down and keep us from being capable of serving. Um, Jesus, I'm going to read you a section that's not projected. It's uh, the beginning of Luke 15. It's on page 78 of the New Testament section of your Bible. And Jesus is having a conversation with the uh, tax collectors. Excuse me, he's having a conversation, and he is, he is going to be speaking to people that are called tax collectors and, uh, and other sinners. Okay? Now, in... In our world, if you work for the IRS, you're not necessarily uh, looked down upon that much. But in Jesus' world, calling somebody a tax collector was a, an insult. Uh, they were somebody who was just uh, uh, at the bottom of the food chain. It's, it would be almost like for some of you that are Democrats calling somebody a Republican. Or some of you that are Republicans calling someone a Democrat. Now, every time I use this, Charlie Sin reminds me I forgot the... I forgot the um, libertarians all right but libertarians are harmless because they don't they don't ever they're, they're not ever going to win the election so it doesn't matter <laughs> right charlie <laughs> so jesus is uh talking to the group talking to a group of sinners now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to jesus and the pharisees and the scribes you might be thinking the, the Dennis Shaws, the United Methodist elders, and uh, all the people at Hilltop, okay, uh, were grumbling and saying, this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus gives three very quick uh, parables focused on the lost having been found. And the third one is the one I'm going to read from, and um, it, you hear it described in various ways. Sometimes you hear it described as the prodigal son, which focuses on the son. Sometimes you hear it called the prodigal father, which focuses on the father. The, trans, the translation, the NRSV that I'm using here says, the parable of the prodigal and his brother. So it focuses on the two boys, which I think is probably pretty good. And the projection, uh, Greg, then Jesus said there was a man who had two sons. How many sons did he have? Two. Okay. The younger of them said to, his, said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So the father divided his property between them. Won't read the rest of it. I think you guys are reasonably familiar with it. This is the word of God for the people of God. I want to start by focusing a little bit on the two featured pieces of music that we sang 
um, after you guys sang last, which was uh, first the praise band offered us a piece called The Prodigal. The Prodigal, and for those of you that could under hear the words going by, um, there was this uh, focus there of what the prodigal was essentially saying he needed to let go of was the values of the values of the world. The values of the world. What he needed to let go of was the values of the world because those were what was bogging him down. It's what got him, kept him from being able to recognize what was, what was good about the world and what it was good about the relationship he had with his father. So that's what he was going to let go of, was these values of the world. The <clears throat> piece that we sang with the bells, thank you very much, bells, for having done that. I think they've, they heard the sermon at uh, 9, so they've already booked. Um, Al, thank you very much. This is to be the third time you guys have heard the sermon. Thank you, thank you a lot. Um, the, the piece that the, choir, the, choir, the uh, chancel choir sang uh, focused on the, the sort of the son before, before experiencing the pain of this separation. We don't, this, that particular piece of music, we don't exactly know what happens uh, by virtue of them having been let go, but the request is on the part of the poet, of the singer, to come back to somebody, parents probably, to say, I need to be able to be let go. Bind me not to the pasture. Bind me not to the plow. Let me go and find my adventure. That's, that's the role that, that he's asking for. Now, I, I am mindful of the fact that when I entered the United States Army in 1970, I was surrounded by people that were what we call draft-motivated volunteers. Okay? <laughs> they were in the military, but they were not exactly planning on being there for too long. <laughs> Just as soon as they could get out, they were going to get out. But what we've had happen since the early 1970s, as a matter of fact, it was, uh, we, we drafted our last person about 1971 time frame, um, we moved to a place <clears throat> where we have a volunteer force. And that's we, worked fairly well for a while. It's worked for fairly well for a good many years. But what it means is, is that the pictures in the narthex of people that serve, are the pictures are, are people that are getting older and older and older and older. The, we have fewer and fewer and fewer people at the, or at least the percentage of our population that, that gets to serve. And I will say to you, sometimes when we have this uh, question of does, does, should Johnny join the service, should Susie join the service, there, there is sometimes resistance that comes from family. I confess to you, my father thought me going into the army was a great idea, but my mother thought it was a terrible idea. And that's not exactly unusual. I was talking to somebody after the 9 o'clock service, said the same thing. I think it was uh, Alan Locke was saying that when he joined the Navy, um, his father was all in favor of it, his mother hated the very prospect of it. <laughs> we, need, we need for those volunteers that we send to be the best. They need to be the brightest, the most morally straight, the people that have the strongest values because they represent us. There was a time that not only did the draft motivate people to serve, but sometimes judges would help us out. They would say, Roy Trawick, either join the army or I'm going to put you in jail. And I, 
Let me offer you a newsflash. I'm, I'm not going to say that all of them were bad soldiers, sailors, marines, or airmen, but most of them were. The issues that generally got them in trouble at 17, 18, 19, 20 in Jonesboro, Georgia, caused them to have trouble themselves when they would go serve. So I'm an advocate on this point of letting go. Parents, grandparents, relatives, neighbors. When people come and start to talk to you about should Johnny, should Joanna potentially go and serve, I would hope that you would help encourage those to help send the best. Now, let me ask you a question here. In, in California right now, they've got some things going on there that you, have, that you want to have some firemen there and some medical specialists and police and all of that. Do, do you want to send to that the, the, the worst that we have out of our country or do you want to send the best that we have? I'd like to believe you want to send the best. So I would incorporate in here this releasing and letting people go. It's this includes those who go to the sound of danger that we often call first responders. In Colorado Springs, the Firefighters Union has a, a set of plaques based upon the number of people uh, that were killed in firefighting the previous year. Okay, You know where I'm going with this. In 2002, they, the, the year they use is September to August is the year they use. So in 2002, when they dedicated that, there was some like 300 New York City firemen. And there was grandfather, son, and grandson whose names were put on that stone that particular year. They were the best that we had to send. We don't want to send them to go die. But they indeed take that risk. And they, they go often cheerfully seeking adventure, but they're also serving us. They're serving you. They're serving me. And that's what the father in the story of the parable of the, parable of the prodigal father does. He releases the son to go and find his adventure. Now, we know the rest of the story, that he's going he's gonna to lead himself to bad ways and bad things going to happen. Got it, got it, got it, got it. But nonetheless, he allows the boy to go out and find his own way, find his way and discover what needs to be discovered for him. Then you have the, you have the confidence of the piece of music we sang from the uh, chancel choir, which is, let me go, I, I will come back, I will return. Now in the prodigal, we, we know that he goes off not for good things to go serve, he rather goes off to serve for less honorable things. We, we don't know precisely exactly what they are. His brother seems to have an idea that whatever it is includes prostitutes. Okay, that's, that's his supposition. Surely that's what happened with dad's money. Now we don't know that for sure, but by him, by the boy confessing to it, but he goes off and does dishonorable things and he, he needs to be given permission to let that values of the world go. Let what you did wrong to your father go. So, what does this say to us in November 2018? I, I think there's several points. I almost did this. I, I might end up with maybe this many, or maybe this many, or maybe this many. I, okay, I'll, I'll try to keep it to three. What do you think? I, I thought that was funny. Okay, first. We, we need to let people go. 
We need to let sons and daughters. We need to let grandsons and granddaughters. We need to let neighbors who want to go serve us in this kind of way. We need to let the best go. We need to let them go and be in service to us. So maybe in 25, 30 years, the pictures in the narthex at, at a hilltop will be out there and they'll be your grandchildren. They'll be up there on those pictures because they'll have gone to serve. And maybe we'll get to a place where those who go to be policemen, go to be firefighters, go to be emergency medical technicians will also be up there because we'll have recognized that when something goes off, they go towards the sound of danger, just like all those firemen did on September the 11th, 2001. So we need to be prepared to release the best that we have. Now, the second thing I want to focus on a little bit is this, is, is letting go of stuff, okay? The, the prodigal son needs to let go of a couple of things. He needs to let go of the values of the world. That's what the praise band piece of music poetry was about. It was his, the values of the world was what he was honoring by going to do that, and he found that that wasn't very fulfilling. He found that that wasn't very fulfilling. Now, we, we, hopefully, what we do when we come into church and sit down and talk, one of the key things that I believe we are supposed to walk away from is, is that we don't worship the values of the world. It's its own golden calf, if you don't mind me using that imagery from Exodus. Moses leaves the scene, he heads off somewhere else, and the people come back and say, we've got to have something different to worship. We want to create something. Aaron, make us a golden calf. And we need to come in here sometimes and hear words which will remind us that who we are and what we believe is different than the values of the world. Now coming back again to those who serve, serve in the military or serve as first responders, I want to talk to you just, for, just briefly about how countercultural that is. How countercultural that is. When something is going on, when fire starts, when gunshots start to occur, when there is things that place you in danger, what do policemen, firemen, emergency medical technicians, and in foreign countries to some extent, our military do? They, they don't run from it, they go to it. Now, that takes courage. That takes an awful lot of courage to go do that. We need to keep trying our best to keep sending our very best to go do that. I don't no, I, I have no idea what really happened in Thousand Oaks, uh, California, this last Tuesday night. But there were people who knew that former Marine veteran who knew him in high school and found him to be a less than desirable person in their memory of him. Sometimes you have these kind of things happen and somebody comes up and says, I have no idea what happened with that person. No idea at all. He just snapped, went crazy, all right? This particular gentleman, uh, the story about him seems to be from many of his high school friends that he was um, a bit of a bu bully, a bit of a thug, a bit of a, a problem. And I don't, know, I don't know exactly how the Marines dealt with him, but he's an ex-Marine, ex-Marine. Is he the very best that we have to send? I, I would argue no. 
I would argue that no, he's not. Now, I realize I've, 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 done, I've been judge and jury on this, on this one. There'll be no jury on it because he was killed that night. But the point really does come back to the idea of who do you want to go serve? And I would believe that you want those to go serve who reflect the values of our country. And what are some of the values of our country? Well, we, we sang one of those on that first hymn that you sang along with, which was the shape of that was uh, familiar to many of us as the Navy hymn is where we hear that. We, for those of us that were alive when John Kennedy was assassinated, we heard it thousands of times, it seemed like, that particular weekend because he had served the United States Navy. But the, the last verse we sang was, Almighty God whose arm is strong, protect us air from doing wrong. We pray to always do what's right, for justice only be our fight. Let peace now reign across our land, brought to us by your gracious hand. We need to send the best that we have. We need to leave the stuff on the altar of Christ that keep us from being the best that we are. And we need to remind ourselves that whenever we do indeed need to send our forces somewhere. It needs to be for noble, protective reasons. Let us be in an attitude of prayer. Gracious and loving God, we ask you to bless us on this Veterans Day. Allow us to know the sacrifice that has been made by many so that we can be here this day. Remind us to keep our causes just keep our causes just and let us be able to use our military, use our first responders in order to protect people and to protect our way of life. We ask this blessing in the name of Christ Jesus and all of God's children say please stand as you are able. We're going to... Hilltop is located in Sandy, Utah 985 East 10,600 South locals would say 106th. Our two worship services are at 9 o'clock and 10.30. Hope to see you this Sunday. God bless. Bye-bye.